Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, this segment brought to you by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center. Renovating a kitchen or building one from the ground up? Well, if so, Tommy D's Home Improvement Centers is your go-to quality kitchen for cabinets, flooring, and molding at affordable rates. Visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website at TommyDees.com. 855-839-1210 is how you jump in on the show, which is exactly what Joe is doing as he joins us this morning from uh, Central Pennsylvania. He's got some thoughts on what Greg had to say about school buses. Joe, good morning. Yeah, How are uh, you? Hey, good morning. I'm on a driving snowstorm on Interstate 80 in Center County, Pennsylvania right now. So Whoa. it's not raining, it's snowing. Oh. Anyway, the, road, the roads are covered, and it's pretty ugly. Anyway, i got to jump on Stalker because he got everything wrong. Uh-oh. For 16 years, I've been a motor coach driver and a bus driver. He knows nothing about the school buses are about the safety of them. They're not drug addicts. They're tested more than any other uh, uh, people in in, in, uh, in the driving industry. You need to go through two physicals in the state of Pennsylvania. The state police inspect the school buses every year. Um, they can't be more than a certain uh, date old, so they're not 67 rat traps. And the biggest thing is about the seatbelts is they they're they're the biggest thing about the seatbelts is, is how would you like to unbuckle 30 three-year-old, five-year-old kids when the bus gets in an accident. What are you going to do? Yeah. How well, are you going to get them out in time? Well, That's why they well, put a, well, cutter, you, well, they put a you, cutting device. Well, Joe, what, do you, what, do you do, device. Joe but what do you do when you get into an accident and they're not seatbelt to begin with? Well, most of the driving for school buses are less than 10 miles. They don't go 60 miles an hour. So the accidents are not you got to look at the statistics of it. Trying to get a student out of a student out of a school bus when they're screaming and carrying on with seatbelts on, and you're trying to keep everybody on calm, is way more dangerous than them trying to be in a seatbelt in a minor accident. Let me just say this. kicking some serious ass. Let me, let me just say this, Joe, that I, I appreciate your call. I, I, my uncle, Driving through a snowstorm to call you. My uncle was a school bus driver, so like I understand what you're saying. I was kind of making a joke about that. All, all I'm saying is, is that, you know, the people that drove... Me when I was in school had a flask. Where you know, like the one guy, God love him, but like I don't. He he had to be eighty years old. Yeah. Like I I just don't know. I don't know what kind of screening is happening. That's all I'm saying. That's the see. That's the remarkable thing for me with school bus drivers. It's one thing to me if you decide to do it because that's like a full time job for you, or that's the job that you can get in your, I don't know, 30, 40, 50. I've always been amazed by those that are in the retirement community that have retired from their full-time profession that have decided to just pick up some side work. I mean, it, I'm, te- I, I'm just telling you the way I would be. The last thing I would want to do at 72 years old in f- year six of my retirement or something is, so, you know, I got to fill up a couple hours of the day. I'm going to drive a bus. The last thing I would want to do is be around young punks yeah. at 72 years old in my retirement. No, I get it. I just, right? I, I understand that the, obviously he was a bus driver or knows a bus driver or something, maybe fixed school buses or something. Yeah. So he was not happy with what I had to say. But all, all I'm saying is, is that it, in the grand scheme of of of, of motor vehicle safety, mm-hmm. I'm sure the statistics yes, because they don't oh, yeah. go that fast and they don't go that far. Right. But in the grand scheme of motor vehicle safety, where we where we literally make our cars as safe as we possibly can with every l- living thing, <laughs> uh, or 
or electronic thing, school buses have not, um, you know, stepped up. Yeah. But this whole idea to spend, if you do the math, $2 billion for 5,000 buses across the country with the Biden administration, four hundred grand a bus. So now Philadelphia is going to get all this money for buses when, in fact, they don't provide any transportation for high school kids who have to take SEPTA. We know how safe that is. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about safety? Right. So it's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. They should actually farm it out. Quite frankly, I mean, you could you could hire you could hire basically personal Uber service for every school kid for less money than they're yeah. paying on these ridiculous buses. And by the way, you have to maintain them, charge mm-hmm. them. It's yeah. crazy. We should do a poll question. What would you rather your child take to school, SEPTA or a school bus without <laughs> seatbelts? I'd be I'd be willing to bet ninety percent would say uh, the school bus. Without seatbelts yeah. over SEPTA. Absolutely. Yeah. They could pick them up. But seriously, why not farm this out? Why do we have to have these big inefficient buses? Yeah. If you hired like an Uber, like obviously Uber drivers would have to be the same type of people as the school bus that, you know, they'd have to go through their clearances and whatever. Mm-hmm. That might actually be an innovative idea that would keep kids safer, especially in neighborhoods where even walking and standing on the school bus with the gunfire issue, hey, might yeah. be safer. Yeah. My daughters have gotten have gotten uh, obsessed with being dropped off at school by Kristen now because our school is like seven blocks away, so they no longer take the bus and they want her to drop them oh, off. Yeah. And then the parent and I I had to do that for a little bit uh, towards the end of um, uh, August 2022 before I moved up here. I'm telling you that that is something that I think, and maybe I'm just on edge, but that's the type of stuff that drives me nuts. The parent pickup line. It is a nightmare getting in and out yes. of some of these schools. You got the crossing guard out in the street. He's got traffic blocked three different ways. He's blowing his whistle the whole bit. He's got the stop sign up. And then you go in and you wait to drop your kid off. And they, like, signal, okay, everybody open up your vehicle doors. And out goes little Johnny and little Betsy. And they run off to school. And then it takes, like, and like I said, we live seven blocks from the school. It would take me 45 minutes round trip to oh, get yeah. in and out of there. Two things I'll say. Number one, it's great for talk radio because <laughs> yeah, you know, there yeah. are people who've been sitting in line all morning, and yeah. then this afternoon during the Zio, I'm often I'm often in car line for the Zioli show yeah. for the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but this, so it's so it's good. Why for are us. you still picking your kids up? Are they like thirty? No, my baby David is <laughs> just, just he's a teenager in I'm school. Spit my coffee out. That <laughs> High school at the second. <laughs> my baby. But, you know, the second thing... By the way, a 16-year-old must love having his mom come to get him. (laughs) They all have their parents come get them. And by the way, at that school, (laughs) the kids who have their own car, it's like better than any of our cars. They're going to, you know... Yeah, back, back in my day, if I would have asked my mom or dad to drop me off each day from school, I would have gotten five across the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. As well, you should have. Yeah. So you walked? Did you walk? No, there was times where we took the bus. There was times um, my middle school was within walking. So to your point, like in Philadelphia, um, I went to Eastern Area Middle School, and I, I lived about eight or nine blocks. And it was about a 20-minute walk, but we had to walk. There was no bus service if you lived geographically. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then you know I had buses, and then by the time I was 16, I, I drove to school until I crashed my car. My brother John was a school bus driver, because you could be at that, at that district when you were 18. He was very responsible, got up at 3 in the morning. He he captured a jar, like a mason jar, full of spiders, all kinds of spiders. Put them in this huge jar. Put it at the front of the bus. <laughs> he, he, he said, see this jar? 
any of you kids act up, uh-huh. these are super spiders. I'm yeah. going to just open the jar. Scared straight. That was my brother, John. That's mm-hmm. how he thinks. That's how he rolled. He's the same guy if he had to babysit kids in the neighborhood. He gave them all spray cans yeah. with a cap on and said, hey, see this $50 bill? First one who can make that stop going, mm-hmm. you get this 50 bucks. Wow. You get all these little kids. With, okay. When you shake the spray can. Yeah, that's, yeah. My, that's John. By the way, uh, <laughs> up on the YouTube up on the YouTube chat, good job, Phil. SEPTA or school bus, what are you taking right now? The school bus is winning at 78%. It's a little low. I thought it would be 90 So, uh, yeah. So okay. if you want to go there, YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Uh, where Tony writes that I have too much to say on too many topics. Yeah, you should do a show then. <laughs> Tony? How, do th- how do you think I feel when I get through only two thirds of the show sheet each day? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If, if I've been teasing a, stuff since Tuesday of this, last week. This is a radio show. I know. It's a radio show. I know. I know. My lord, Tony. It, too many buddy. topics. And then, and then, Tony, I'm telling my. Brothers, spider in the jar story. Sorry. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So, so Tony says we've talked about too much. Today. No, 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 no. He he He's, says I have. Oh, oh I, I thought have. it was me because I was so. Oh, my no, 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 no. I I have too much to say on too many topics. Yeah. Oh, well, put them on overnight, stalker. <laughs> Tell them it's pro bono. Topic quota. See, this is the the YouTube chat is good in a way because you know it lets us interact with with an audience because God knows we don't take the call calls here uh, but but it's also bad because everybody then is a critic and everybody has a, has a right has well everybody wants to have everybody has a podcast everybody writes a book and everybody thinks they're a brand manager and they also they also know that if it's a if it's a criticism especially if it's about me it's gonna get right on air <laughs> holy crap he's the boss. He's the boss. All right. Um, let me get to at least one of these two. Maybe we'll get to the other one by the time we get to uh, part two of the touch sheet, <laughs> which is fine. We'll get both what? of these in. Um, wait, what? More comments? No, no. Oh, okay. I thought maybe some more jokes were coming in. This, uh, this first headline, this is not written by the Onion or the Babylon Bee. California state health insurance to cover sex changes for, e- for illegal immigrants. I want you to think about this. For anybody out there that's ever wanted to have an elective surgery, or maybe anybody that's actually had real medical issues that your insurance company has fought you tooth and nail over, maybe it's, well, they don't need this type of imaging, or we don't think an MRI is necessary, or blah, 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 blah. So the Golden State is expanding its massive health care system this year, which means more taxpayer dollars will go to funding sex change surgeries for state residents regardless of their citizenship status. According to a memo and reported uh, by the Daily Caller Foundation, California's Medi-Cal covers costs for hormone therapy and procedures, quote, that bring primary and secondary gender characteristics into conformity with the individual's identified gender, including ancillary services such as hair removal incident to those services. Nearly 700,000 illegal immigrants between the ages of 26 and 49 will qualify as of January 1st, which is already in effect eight days in, for these federal health care services, which will cost California taxpayer dollars an estimated $3.1 billion. They go on to say gender-affirming care is a covered Medi-Cal benefit when medically necessary. Requests for gender-affirming care should be from specialists experienced in providing culturally competent care 
to transgender and gender diverse individuals and should use nationally recognized guidelines. I want to point out one more quote here because this confirms what I have claimed many times, sometimes tongue in cheek, sometimes serious when we talk about cut sheet segments with TikTok and mental health breakdowns. They say the memo adds that, quote, medically, medical necessity is determined and services shall be recommended by treating licensed mental health professionals. So if somebody in the mental health field deems this to be a medical necessity, you will be covered under insurance to chop off a body part and go from one gender to the other, which my first reaction is, okay, then I am absolutely affirmed in my belief that any guy walking around that wants to become a girl is having a mental health breakdown or maybe a mental health breakdown if you think you can actually truly become a female. But could you imagine living, imagine if this went into play in Pennsylvania? I mean, I you know, I know we all have our gripes about certain things with healthcare and the medical system, rightfully so. Um, but I, I've gone through a couple of different things where I, I was having some TMJ issues with my jaw. They were telling my, my insurance company was like, this was in years past. Uh, that's not medically necessary for an MRI. We don't need to do blah, 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 blah. And I, one time I had a little, um, a little cyst on the back of my head. And it, it wasn't bothering me, but they, were, they told me that it would be elective. Well, we're not going to cover it, even though you have like a little, uh, looks like a big blueberry on the back of your head in the, size, in the shape of a cyst. You know, that's not covered under insurance. So if you get it removed, that's, that's on you out of pocket. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away that they, we could have a story like this. And I guess maybe I shouldn't be because it's California and that's where these weird things happen. California state health insurance to cover sex changes for illegal immigrants. Think about that, Don Stenzel and Greg Stocker. We are going to have taxpayer funded dollars going to what even they are admitting has to be deemed a mental health, you know, procedure, so to speak, even though physically you're having some surgery done. And this, I would think this is probably elective, right? Like nobody ever just forces you to have a sex change. It's, it's got to be something that you sit there and you say, you know what? I want to go through hormone therapy replacement and um, have my genitalia ripped off and try to become a female. Like that's an elective thing, right? And we are going to fund that with taxpayer dollars. If you're a, if you're a, just a common sense person in California, you got to be reading that story and thinking, what the hell is going on in my state? I would be outraged about that. I'm all for this. You, you know, know why? Are you serious? Because, well, well tro- think about it. You're trolling me, right? No, here. if, if, if somebody says that to feel like a woman, that they want to get all this stuff, <clears throat> then what about if you are a woman? But let's say you want the, the mommy makeover, so-called. You know, a little breast lift, little tummy tuck, you know, all that kind of stuff. I could go for a tummy tuck right now myself. Vagina rejuvenation. Oh. Surgery. It's a thing. Is it, that's a thing? It's a thing. Vagina rejuvenation. rejuvenation. So I'm thinking, hey. For all of us mommies, we had babies. We could just, you know, feel like your twenty-five-year-old bodily self. Oh, that'd be vagina Identif- rejuvenation. Well, vagina rejuvenation. You know, one day when I run for office, I'm going to run on that. See? Yeah. I think that's uh, that's the ticket. We got to make vaginas great again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be my campaign slogan. I'll, I'll win in the landslide. I'll blow everybody out. Every dude in America would vote for me, regardless of I will unite America. <laughs> See, so I'm just thinking if they and that's 
that's how you put it to the test. You say, okay, California. So this is a female test to the men that try to be females. This is the angle you're coming at it To from. say, hey, if you're okay. going to do that for folks who want to feel like a woman, yeah. then what about the women who want to feel better about being a woman? And maybe their body is gone through, you know, taking a beating. This is just, I mean, remarkable. This equates to $4,058 per year in medical coverage subsidies funded by the state's general fund. <laughs> God, California. What a state. All right, uh, that's the one headline. We will get to an op-ed from the New York Times coming up uh, right before Dawn's Big Three or after, before we get to part due of the cut sheet. And it happens to include Taylor Swift. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. I I swear to God, I can't believe this is from the New York Times. This This is not what you're expecting, folks. I'm telling you. Yeah, this is this is unbelievable that this, this made the New York Times, this honestly. Is, uh, yeah, I really thought this was a, a spoof headline, but yeah, it's not. No. Uh, we'll get to that coming up in a little bit, but 9.20 right on the dot. Let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, hello? Hey, Schnitzel. I'm in Spain. I wanted you to meet somebody. Dirk Nowitzki. See? How's it going? How's the uh, retirement home? Are they still feeding you pudding? Who's this? And how'd you get this number? <laughs> yes, all right, I deserve that. Okay, all right, he's starting to believe you, Dirk. Come on. Ah, uh, I'm just kidding. That's Stan the man right there. He's a legend. What's your name, kid? Bo. Bo Cruz. Will you play at Bo Cruz? Nowhere. I just work construction. Well, not for long as Stan is calling me about you. Did you see? This is me, amigo. Amigo. Think you know what it is? Be called 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Hey, today's great prize, another pair of tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. It's coming up January 13th through the 21st. For tickets and more information, visit phillyautoshow.com. Caller 12-855-839-1210. Pair of tickets, Philadelphia Auto Show that you can use between January 13th through the 21st. See if we get our winner when we come back. And one of the most shocking op-eds, I think, in New York Times history. That's next. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Be safe out there as the weather starts to pick up i would imagine here in a matter of minutes dawn's big three coming up in a couple of minutes also what's on the cut sheet part two and the new york times op-ed on taylor swift by the way real fast uh, i'm getting comments about people saying that i'm playing a lot of van halen today this yeah. morning uh it's because the uh van halen album 1984 turns 40 years old today okay so it Came was released six on days after I was born, January 9th, nineteen eighty four. This day. album was released. I was embarking on year uh, week two of my existence on this earth. Fascinating, yeah. Because as you know, last Tuesday, January or last Wednesday, January third, I turned forty. I heard. Yeah, it was my birthday. I heard. Big day. I heard. All right. Uh, Martha <laughs> is in Gibbsboro, New Jersey, and she's our winner this morning. Martha, good morning. How are you? And what movie clip did we just play for you? You played Hustle. Yeah. That is correct. Now, was that, a little, was that a little challenging? Because I thought that was a little bit on the difficult side. I'm sorry. I knew it right off. I love that movie. Okay, yeah, so you're Martha. an Adam Sandler fan. Nice work out of you, Martha. You're obviously a fan of the auto show because you got yourself a pair of Woo-hoo! tickets coming up January 13th yeah. through the 21st. So thank you very much, Martha. 
Thank you. There Appreciate she it. is. Nice of Martha to take yeah. a break from working with Brett Bear and chime in this morning. And uh, Oh, that's not Martha <laughs> McCollum. It's a different Martha. It's Martha in Gibbstown. All right. Uh, so let's get to this NY Times op-ed. I, I swear I'm still, still trying to figure out how this... Um, was released, but I guess, you know, the New York Times is like, you know, it's the opinion of this writer, and this writer, I believe her name is Ann Davis. Let me just make sure I got that correct. Uh, Anna Marks actually wrote this article where she is questioning the sexuality of Taylor Swift. And oh, by the way, the Swifties had a field day with this one, as the Swifties go scorched earth on the New York Times after the op-ed questions her sexuality, saying that the New York Times, I guess they're late to the party with some of these Swifties, have thrown ethics out the window. Uh, After running an opinion piece questioning Taylor Swift's sexuality, the New York Times has quickly learned what it means to have bad blood with a devoted fan base. Swifties going scorched earth on the publication, irate that they would publish an article suggesting that Taylor Swift might be gay. A representative for Swift did not immediately respond to Fox's request for comment. The article has generated massive backlash on social media. Uh, one user saying, I just canceled my subscription. This article is sexist and grossly inappropriate uh wow throwing ethics out the window early this year another (laughs) user commented uh and one last one because there's plenty of comments Mm. this essay is a fireable offense poorly written horribly invasive and objectionable in a myriad of ways it is both galling and weird that the new york times would publish a speculative piece on someone's gender identity this is beneath the editorial standards of the I, Times. I gotta say this too, and you know, I don't really think that highly of the New York Times anyway. But the fact that this—I mean—they're basically saying that she's a lesbian and she's giving signals, right? They call her what, like a gay lord or something in this, where she's actually a gay person, but she's sending out signals to other gay people that she's one of them. So and there's all of these little Easter eggs in these things that yeah, shows this, yeah. which is the this, the the theory behind this is 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 that blank crazy. I agree, and I have never and I couldn't really care less one way or the other. But I've never had any thought that Taylor Swift was not into men. All we've ever heard about Taylor Swift is albums and songs written about past romances, mm-hmm. boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend. She's been, you know, dating the other lesser Kelsey um, for what four months now. She ruined our NFL season by being <laughs> in press not. box after press box. <laughs> I'm so I'm legitimately surprised that the Times would actually run with this. I, I this would be something in a you know, and I don't think the New York Times has much of a journalistic integrity or standard anymore. Um, you know, the, the you know them, uh, you know, the Washington Post, they're, they're all garbage nowadays. Um, but I, I'm surprised that this kind of got through. But I also, and I'm not like defending uh, Taylor Swift, but and I really couldn't care if she's gay or not. She's apparently been now. The accusation is that she's been spotted with her famous girl squad during the release of the newest album. And she, but where have we seen her constantly with Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. wife? So. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, at least I don't, I don't arrive at the conclusion that a female could be gay or be a lesbian just because they're running in circles with other females. I mean, I don't know. I hang out with a bunch of my buddies. I don't, people insinuate that I'm gay because I hang out with dudes. I, I, I don't know. But like, I, I just see this and I'm like, 
I don't know how this per- – and I'm not a Taylor Swift fan by any stretch, as you can imagine, over the last four months that we've talked about this story. But the, the public's fascination with her romantic life is very interesting. Um, and I know Hollywood celebrities always kind of garner this attention. Mm-hmm. Who's dating? Who? Remember, it was Cameron Diaz for a while, who she was dating, Justin Timberlake, this guy, that guy. Um, but this Anna Marks, um, I don't know if she's on social media. But I would not want to check her mentions right now. <laughs> she, I'm <laughs> sure she turned them off. I would imagine she did. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the New York Times. Well, there you go. Coming after it's bizarre, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There, well, even the New York Times is stooping for clicks. Yep. Because look at we're talking about them. Of course. So. All right. It's well, crazy. It's nine thirty-four. Let's get to a Don Stens one. Big three at nine. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kale and Company. Big Three at Nine, sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center this morning. So right now we're at 9.34 a.m. And this is a significant time because oral arguments are set to begin. I'm actually live streaming this. This is the United States Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. And why should we care? Well, because... Attorneys for Donald J. Trump, as well as special counsel Jack Smith, set to face off here, are facing off and arguing over whether or not the former president is immune from Smith's case, charging the former president with illegally, allegedly, attempting to overturn the 2020 election results. So Trump, we're told, is in person in D.C., attending the arguments in person to face Jack Smith in court I mean, that's the, the, the court drama, if you will. The outcome of the arguments obviously have major implications here, not just for Trump's legal battles. If he, if they can say, no, he's the president, he has immunity, and this would impact his ability to campaign because keep in mind, he's less than a week before the Iowa caucus, and here he is in court today. He'll be in court again. Um, fr- he'll be in court Friday for another case, and he'll be next Tuesday for another case, all different cases. Mm-hmm. But in this one, the power of the presidency itself, because would this then have a chilling effect from these kinds of prosecutions or, or persecutions? Do they expect to called? have a, a ruling today on this with the immunity? Well, they're hearing the arguments, okay. and so I don't. there's no promise of when this would come out. It's a three-judge panel. Okay. And it's the U.S. Court of Appeals. Right. This is not before. This is not before a jury. This is before three. Three. It's a justices. three federal yep. appellate uh, judge panel. Right. That will hear these arguments. So it's it. This is big. And if if they rule in the favor of the power of the presidency, which is really what's at stake here, and so they have to look at the power of the presidency and our president's immune from this, because essentially the law says, especially. You know, as far as the power of the presidency, then there's the other issue that's before the Supreme Court that when you're campaigning, you basically can say anything you want. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so those are some of the, the broad issues. Uh, by the way, speaking of the federal government, if you like to get things done early, you can, uh, the IRS has announced they will accept, start accepting and processing 2023 federal income tax returns starting Monday, January 29th, so a little earlier. So if you like that early bird situation, you'd like to get it in, Monday, January 29th is the earliest. They're going to take it and start processing it. Obviously, the usual filing deadline is Monday, April 15th. However, 
there are many states and conditions because of the t- the day it falls on. Maybe uh, many states and many places may have until April 17th. Or you could just do what a Hunter Biden would do or John Fetterman would do and just not pay him at all. Yeah, exactly. It's your, it's your decision. Exactly. Yeah. Number three, I debated on this one, but I have to go with the storm because they're upping the ante here oh, as boy. they look at the, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful storm that's packing quite a punch. I'm using every news media alliteration that they say, right? But seriously, National Weather Service is issuing multiple alerts, warnings, watches as far as the storm moving in. The skies are darkening right now. But this rain, it gets heavy this afternoon into this evening. At, at least three inches of rain is what they're calling for. Coastal flooding. They they called out parts of Bucks County as well as Philadelphia County for some of this flooding that we could face driving in tomorrow morning. I'll we, pick you guys. Do don't worry to... about it. I'll pick you guys up tomorrow morning <laughs> in my pontoon. It'll be like McHale's Navy. We'll finally put that to uh, set the sail. We'll go on the pontoon. That's right. So we could do a little water skiing. But seriously, they're saying that this could be serious. And again, don't drive through those closed roads. We saw that last time. But a lot of people like me had flooded basements and all kinds of problems the difference in this in this one, three inches plus, is high winds. So now I saw Pico is putting out alerts if you get a text for your power company that they're expecting high winds. They're preparing for power outages. Oh, I'm totally expecting my internet, TV, yep. power. It's all going to be out today. Because the ground gets so soft with all of this rain we've had, and then psh, there go the trees. Yep. So it's not a picnic. So. Just want to point that out. Be watch the timing of the storm, and you know, be safe, baby. Renovating a kitchen or building, one from the ground up. Tommy D's Home Improvement Center is your go-to for quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, molding at affordable rates. Just visit their showroom in Philadelphia, or you can visit their website, TommyD's.com. Thank you, Tommy D's. Home Improvement Center for sponsoring our big three. All right, Don, thank you very much. 939 on this Tuesday morning. It's time for What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do. What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do? I gotta say, for um, a Defense uh, Homeland Security uh, Secretary, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is is if it's not a crisis he sure is doing a lot to uh clean up <laughs> the the mess uh the um you know the mess that is happening there in uh in Eagle Pass Texas so he held a press conference yesterday i'm sure you guys saw this yep. um basically saying look look everything's fine mm-hmm. it's like the uh it's like the ba- the, the uh, dog with the eyes that are being mm-hmm. with the fire around him saying oh, don't yeah. panic everything's don't panic. fine yep um this guy's in denial so we have a few cuts from that uh that happened uh last night and he said i'm gonna start with cut 12 here phil he says we're doing everything we can within a broken system so he admit he admits the system's broken mm. to reduce irregular migration this is cut 12 phil go in fact the majority of all migrants encountered at the southwest border throughout this administration have been removed, returned, or expelled, a majority of them. We are doing everything we can within a broken system to incentivize non-citizens to use lawful pathways, to impose consequences on those who do not, and to reduce irregular migration. 
we will continue to do everything we can and we will continue to enforce the law but we need congress to make the legislative changes and provide the funding that our frontline officers so desperately need it's not a matter of funding it's a matter of enforcing what's in place already that's number one number two that number that he threw out a few days ago 70 percent was actually 85 percent uh so that was a lie um but just the way he he's got such a slow kind of demeaning mm-hmm. delivery it's like he of all the people that try to insult your intelligence and speak down to you he comes off very very elitist to me i've i've told i've said this many times on the show i just i can't stand that guy he is just so so in over his head and so incompetent i don't i don't know what they were thinking when they gave this guy that job but he he clearly and by the way he was an hour late to deliver that yesterday <laughs> was he yes oh he was goodness. supposed to do it outside but there was some like uh, high winds and ah, stuff that were yes. going to make it bad mm-hmm. so they had to move inside and it took like an hour and 15 minutes for them to get situated well nick i know everything that you said is true but he disagrees with you okay because he says that some have accused dhs of not enforcing our nation's laws this could not be further from the truth cut one phil go some have accused dhs of not enforcing our nation's laws this could not be further from the truth having begun my public service career as a federal prosecutor for 12 years ultimately serving as the United States Attorney, there is nothing I take more seriously than our responsibility to uphold the law. And the men and women of DHS are working around the clock to do so. So he's a former prosecutor, so he should have a passion for upholding the law. I mean, when you're a prosecutor, your job is to basically enforce the law and lock people up. You believe law and order. But I guess in this day and age, with uh, the lack of law and order, he's the perfect transition, so to speak, transition, huh? to send somebody down to the border where we don't enforce any, which actually just goes in stride with everything this administration is not about when it comes to enforcing things. Um, he also said, this is the last one, he says the high number of migrants that they've encountered at the southern border is a challenge. Not a crisis, a challenge. A challenge. Different C word. That is not, <laughs> that is not unique to the United States. Cut uh, to Phil Go. The high number of migrants we have encountered at our southern border is a challenge that is not unique to the United States. Countries throughout our hemisphere, in fact, throughout the world, are experiencing an unprecedented number of displaced people fleeing poverty, authoritarian regimes, homes destroyed by extreme weather events, corruption, and violence. The regional challenges require regional solutions and that is why secretary of state blinken and i with the white house homeland security advisor sherwood randall were in mexico two weeks ago why i spoke with panama's minister of security last week and why among other engagements in the region i will be traveling to central america in the coming weeks as i have throughout the past three years I, I wonder love how he's. I love how he's trying to spin this from the standpoint of this is not just an American problem. This is going on all throughout the globe. As if people in America give two you know what's about other broken mm-hmm. illegal immigration systems in other nations. All we care about is our own territorial boundaries that are being overrun. And he said, "Well, this has been going on yet not to this level." Yep. 
Not not three hundred and two thousand in one month, buddy. Joseph on the YouTube chat says it perfectly. It's your job. It's your fault. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't get up in front of you know my bosses here at Odyssey and be like, well, I know re- ratings and revenue are down, but you have to understand that it's not just us. It's, it's the, the broken it, system. It's the broken system of radio, and it's this <laughs> and it's that. They're like, no, we pay you to get results. Get results. That's exactly what we're saying to yeah. uh, their. Mayorkas there. Like, yep. the system is broken. There's a record number of people crossing the border. Do something about it. It's amazing how mainstream this issue has become now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you just saw there, ABC News was carrying that live. Yep. CNN is thrown up on their graphic the word crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it gets to that level, it's undeniable, and there's nowhere to run and hide. Finally, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre uh, yesterday addressed the fact that um, Secretary uh, Lloyd Austin was in intensive care for days, and this administration had no idea about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and second in command was on vacation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or he was ill or something? Was he ill, too? No, I think one was in Puerto Rico on okay. vacation or okay. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The deputy, though, yeah, was out of the country on VACO. Yeah. So was Biden. Yeah. But in other words, they did, I guess, they did transfer the power from um, Austin to his deputy. The problem right. was... The deputy was on vacation. Nobody knew any of this. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, the, it's like, who's Lloyd, on first? Yeah, who's exactly, in charge? Exactly. Lloyd Austin is sixth in command in the United States. <laughs> oh my and gosh. nobody knows he's gone. <laughs> Uh, well, don't worry, because the president still has has uh, complete confidence in Secretary Austin, according to Corrine Jean-Pierre. This is what she said yesterday. This is uh, cut seven, Phil Go. Should the American people have confidence in Austin, given his lack of transparency? And then also, do the American people need to be concerned about a lack of transparency for the president, given this lapse? So I want to go back to Austin's statement um, a couple of days ago where he has um, taken responsibility. Uh, And so I think that's important. So I would point you to that. And I will just reiterate that the president uh, has complete confidence, continues to have confidence in uh, Secretary Austin. And and, um, as the Admiral just stated, I think the number one thing right now is for him, uh, we want to see him back at the Pentagon, get well and back at the Pentagon. And I'll just add one more thing, is that the President, uh, as we have uh, shared, the President uh, spoke to Austin, uh, Secretary Austin, uh, on Saturday. They had a very good conversation. And and again, you know, the President appreciate uh, Austin's statement uh, and taking full responsibility here. And I think that's what what matters, is him getting back to to the Pentagon and taking full responsibility. Okay, so Greg, I have to inform you that um, I will not be in for the next couple of days. Um, I'm going to tell you in advance, I'm having LASIK procedure done on my eyes. Uh, And by the way, Opelka is also not available. He's on a golf vacation. Now, we're going to give you the advanced warning just so you know that we are incognito for the next couple of days. I will not leave you hanging like Lloyd Austin. I appreciate that. But the thing is, Lloyd Austin was rushed to the emergency department Mm. and was in the intensive care unit. Who even knows? We don't know his private business or what's going on here. But to blame somebody who had a medical emergency and perhaps is unconscious or on a bunch of IVs or machines hooked up, I mean, obviously they knew the call was made that he was suffering mm-hmm. with a medical emergency. You don't blame the dude who had a heart attack. But I, I think and if his, I, you know what I mean. Not, I re- not that he, I know that he had a heart yeah. attack, but you know what I'm saying. I think he had complications, which led to the ICU yes. because he had an elective procedure. 
So yes, something but went what, wrong with the original. Well, but that could be a blood clot, Nick, which sure. can be, you know what I mean? That could be something like a stroke or a mm-hmm. heart attack. So whatever was going on, yes, the elective thing was December 22nd. But my point is, like, she's saying, well, he apologized. What? From the and he's got like a breathing mask on and he's hooked up to machines to then heart monitors. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or what if he's not even conscious? Yeah. Yep. Well, it's a bunch of malarkey. It's, ter- it's, it's of terrible. Malarkey. All right, that'll do it for Cuffy oh Part Two. What a day! I I threw that out there at 9:49. I love that. <laughs> Just let let you guys stew on that. Yep. All right. Coming up next, we'll find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won social media today. It's Kale and Company Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, the Dawn Show coming up in just about seven minutes, and we find out what she has lined up for the next two hours this morning. Yes, yeah, so we're watching this court proceeding very carefully, and we, if we can, we'll even take some of the, the audio for it as far as this D.C. Circuit Court involving Trump. Huge ramifications here. Again, not just for Trump, his campaign, his possible future presidency, but as well for other presidents. So that's a historic one. We're watching it very carefully. We have coming up at 1130, it'll be Betsy Brantner-Smith, National Police Association. Some important news and happenings involving law enforcement locally and nationally that you want to hear from Betsy and that Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, and she's coming up at 1130. So that one we have. Otherwise, we will update you on everything happening. Pennsylvania, why is our house in Harrisburg, representatives, why are they still not meeting in person? We're going to follow up. on It's ridiculous. We'll follow <laughs> up on that virtual. one. It's COVID. Oh, my God. I know. What are we doing? It's craziness. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Iowa Town Hall tonight for DeSantis. Uh, <laughs> Trump is up tomorrow night. And uh, Greg Stocker, let's wrap it up with who won Twitter today? Who won Twitter? Hoss had been sober when Twitter. Uh, he says, uh, where do I go for that vagina re- rejuvenation? My wife's birthday is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's not right. Uh, if, you, if you're just tuning in at 9.55 and have no idea what we're talking about, just go back on the rewind. Yeah. Who won? YouTube. I'm going to give it to Shelly McDonald. Uh, she says, um, uh, where did her call go? Or where did her thing go? Oh, yeah. You're telling me, in response to uh, Lloyd Austin, you're telling me that his wife did not know how to call in sick? I know. It's a great pretty I think she did, actually, yeah. though. Oh. That's just it. Really? I think this was, I think the wife, I think they did know. It's just that somebody dropped the ball. Yeah, at the White House. Because it was all over, it was the holidays. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> whole administration drops balls. They're like Eagles receivers back in the nineties. Yes. Oh, boy. it was like dropping the, passes. There was like an intern in the Pentagon who was running the country. You know, <laughs> our buddy Michael LaRosa was in charge. Oh, no, no, right. probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday. Everybody, stay safe, stay dry, and stay tuned for the Dawn Show. That's coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning at six. And as the binder would say, I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.